Hey guys, welcome to Gino's Golden Tea Podcast. I am Chris Longino coming to you from a um, a little nippy Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, just inning. We're just finishing up this uh, 2023 Golden Tea season, and uh, you know it's lots lots to talk about when you think about the years in the whole. You know, we're, we're, on the, we're on the heels of a pandemic. You know, things were a lot different just three years ago. Now, uh, everything seems back to normal. And we had a full year of Golden Tee averaging over 150 plus players a tournament. And uh, it's what, what are 150 plus players per national golden tea tour power events tour tournaments you know important to point those out and i say that because you know it's always important to hey there's other tournaments out there uh up in the northeast up in indianapolis uh out through florida other parts of the country that they deserve your support and so I, i i encourage you if you uh if you live in those areas uh just support it. Make sure that it gets your time, especially if you love the game, if you love the experience of going to a tournament. If there's something somewhat convenient to you, please, you know, make it a point to make it a part of your time. So uh, that's my point about tournaments right now. Great year for Golden Tea. A great year. I mean, it's, there's a it's tumultuous year. I as a word I used on another podcast, tumultuous, but just a a crazy year of golden tea. A lot of things are going in a lot of different directions. I'm hoping 2024 has direction, has transparency, has uh, just a clear pathway of hey, maybe there's room for growth. Maybe there's something that we can look towards that looks like we're going places and not going in the same place. So whatever that may be, all right, uh, our, 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 our tournament experience right now on tour is as best as ever been. So I don't know where you can go other than creating more. And then, I'll, and then our world championship, you know, we'll see what that year next year looks like. I'm excited for the Palms. I'm excited to uh, see what that experience could be. I hope, I hope we're starting to get it back to the fanfare, the the world championship that you want to be a part of. Just like we had at the Orleans, I think a little bit, uh, or even in in previous Golden Tee yesteryear and a couple decades ago, back in those days. We can hope. Either way. Podcast time. We uh, we wrapped up the Dallas Holiday Classic. I had Brian Bernhardt, Gary Sheldon with me. Matt Van Hoosier uh, couldn't be with us. So it was just the three of us. And uh, we just talked about the Dallas Holiday Classic and uh, everything that went down. So um, thanks to everybody that listens to this. I'm going to still plug away at this for uh, this year and hopefully in uh, the upcoming year, of course. 
and uh, I look forward to it. So here's uh, Gary and Brian. All right, taping this 10 days. Is it ten, yeah, 10 days after the 13th season of the National Golden Tee Tour has concluded. And it's time to recap the Dallas Holiday Classic. Just two guys tonight, uh, unless uh, the other third joins us uh, tonight. I have Kirsta, Ashley, Gunnar, Grayson, Gina, Sheldon. Gary, what's up, brother? What's up? How you doing? All right, man. And it is the inaugural Players Charity Champion, Brian Bernhardt, 19 and a half years ago. <laughs> Just seems like yesterday, Gina. Oh, Honestly, it's good to see your pretty face. Thank you. It's pretty too. It is a very pretty face. And honestly, thinking about that because you, you you got into some pretty. I mean, it's close territory when you get into that three and O mark. All right, when you're in a winner's bracket. All right, I'm not going to pretend here and parade like I actually know how that feels because I have no clue. But I'm going to rely on you, Brian, right here, who went three and O. All right. First off, let me ask you this. From start of Sunday, or I'm sorry. This is a bad question. Never mind, because you played two matches on Saturday, right? I did, yeah. All right. And so you were. We all yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, we all did. But, I mean, so you're 3-0, all right? You're 3-0 in this bracket. You played two Saturday night, one Sunday, all right? Two matches until you, you or I mean, three matches basically until a championship. What, what's the feeling at that moment? Well, for me, the, my wins were kind of interesting. Actually, my first win over Brewer, he made two bad chips. I got him uh, on Saturday night, down one to Dan Gillard, who played great. Um, and then I ended up getting a stroke back on 17 and 18, or on 16 and 18 on, on Bonnie to win by one, um, go into the next day to play the mouth, who I got up one early on, and then um, he hit an A1 shot on a hole in the back nine that hit a tree and went out of bounds twice. So I went from being up one, giving one back to being tied, and then him giving me four on one hole. That's how I got to 3-0, and you know? <laughs> so so here I am, like, all right, like, I've I've kind of been handed this, but I'm still playing pretty good golden tee. And one of the most awkward matches I've ever been in um, was my next match against, you know, Paul Anthony Luna. And the reason it was awkward was because before we started, the Stenmark family was getting situated behind us. And it just, the atmosphere just, just I don't know, it had a weird vibe to it. And not a bad vibe, just a weird vibe. I see Mark's mom there. I see his sister, his, his cousin, and um, Tickner is going out of his way to make sure they're all comfortable and they're seated there. And, and it's really just me and Luna kind of playing in that, that wall of machines. And, and I played good. Actually, I don't know if you saw the match or, or whatnot, but hole one, he hits a huge C3 on South Pacific and he damn near hits lava. It goes far left and he ends up probably one or two yards from going in the lava and proceeds to hold that out for Eagle. <laughs> so so th th there I am thinking I might gain one watching his tee shot go left to being down one after one. Um, he eventually got another hole out, you know, and that was my first loss. Um, you know, so, but I was still playing good golf waited around a little bit and I played one of my best matches ever against Evan Gossett um, had two hole outs to his three hole outs. We each missed a chip and I lost 32 and 31 on South Pacific, you know? And so just like that, Ouch. when you, when you, when you ask me, you know, being three now and, and how it feels to be that close to a championship, 
and then you end up running into, you know, two of the best players to ever play the game and the tournament's over, you know, but, but having that peace of mind, knowing that I was in Calcutta money, you know, going to be guaranteed podium would have been nice, man. It's been, it's been a minute, you know, I think NIV, the last NIV when I got second place was the last one. Um, but knowing that I've played some of the best goals yet, I've played in matches in a long time, kind of, and it gave me a good feeling, you know, already looking forward to Florida. <laughs> I hear you, man. That's, once again, not going to parade like I actually know what that 3-0 feeling. I've got a lot of 2-2. Two and two. I've got a lot of – I've got one kind of a, what is like a 4-1, and 5-1 and one where you end up 7-8 and eight and or finishing 7-8 after you lose your first one and then you go on a little bit of a run before it finally ends. Um, I have something like that. But I've always been curious, you know, you get that kind of waiting. You know, how do you feel? Where do you get – what kind of rhythm do you get into? Uh, Gary. Your tournament Sunday. All right, we'll just start with the Dallas Holiday Class at nine twelve. Was it just your standard two and two? Uh no i I went two and zero. Oh. Well, I played Tickner. I played Tickner first on Saturday night, and he just dropped dropped a few strokes, um, and then I coasted in that one. So that was pretty easy, and then I got little foreshadowing um 32 beat one so i was expecting to uh play andy second and franta but jojo right or jojo i mean i was expecting to play jojo i was skipped ahead the next tournament um <laughs> and uh franta beat jojo in extra holes i think it was no uh that game actually he jojo missed a putt with about five or six holes left, they're just a well, par round, right, and right. Uh, and he and there was no looking back. Connor ended up winning by one in regulation. So I ended up getting Connor uh, the next match, and I shot clean, and he missed a he missed the putt early. He missed a like a twenty foot putt. We should make every single time. Just kind of yeah. yipped it, and uh, and I played clean. So yeah, I went to bed two and zero oh as well, and. Uh, and if I won, uh, in my head, I, I couldn't get Calcutta. Like, I don't know why. Usually money's not driving force, but I, I knew if I won the next match, I was automatic. I was in Calcutta. So then you're paying for your trip. You got a little extra money, you know, whatever. Um, but I also knew I was waking up to play Andy Haas, which I hadn't played since – I beat him in South Carolina. Um, and I'm, we played, we both made killer chips on two and uh, we played clean and I missed a little chip and that was it. So played a really nice match against him. So now I'd go down to the loser's bracket and uh, yeah, lost on that next one. Who did you uh, last match? Who did I even lose to that last one? I can't remember who I played. Because it happens when we're 10 days away <laughs> from, from the tournament. It's, it Gary, so has, Gary has his own producer and his own uh, research department in his house. So, I mean, it's <laughs> he's asking that currently. Uh, out of the way, no, I mean, outside of just the 912, and we'll talk about Top Gun Player of the Year, but you end up having a solid day there as well. I mean, it's not like you went broke in this tournament. It's, you know. 
and the kicker was uh, we were playing games waiting for player of the year to start. Uh, we were playing a little uh, one to five. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was playing against uh, – or I was playing with Steve Beattie, and they were doing the player auction. And we were going to bid on somebody that was going pretty low. It was a, it was a fairly – low player auction but uh and then jojo comes up and i'm like what do you think you want to buy jojo he's like let's do it so uh we ended up buying jojo for 750 um can i ask if uh jim macera is eager enough to pay for half of himself or is he just kind of okay to play the tournament um he did come up and he uh he said I'll I'll purchase two hundred dollars worth. And and speaking of JoJo, that is who beat you, Gary. Yes. So I was <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I so was... basically he got a little bit more than a quarter of himself. Yeah, so uh a little more than a quarter of himself. So I invested interest in that. So that was nice. So we ended up we ended up just giving him a third. We just did thirds. Okay. He did the work. But that was that was nice added pay as well for the weekend. So uh, just running through the weekend here, as we just kind of have, we have our normal closest. I'm sorry, closest to the pin is no longer more. Uh, money shot tournament, and then uh, Friday night handicap tournament. Before we got to the yes. handicap tournament, the freaky said again, Gary. Friday afternoon tournament. The, the Friday after t- the the Kate Kramer Freaky Friday tournament. Uh, which I believe it, it's so it's only played on the live Freaky Friday course that day. Is that correct? Yeah, I played in it. Um, I wasn't sure about it, but we can talk about it later or talk about it now. No, no, I want to. I want to hear about it actually, uh, because I mean, this is I think the second one she's done. And so, was there? You know how many people there were? Thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, at what twenty five or thirty a person? What is it? Thirty a person, but five went to charity. Yeah. What? Or, no, it was 35 a person, five went to charity, so 30 per person. Um, yeah, I was worried about it because our flight got in about 1045, so I knew it would be cutting it close. And then I was worried, you know, like, how's that work? You got an hour to bang away on the daily, get some fools in there and dial in, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure, and I rolled in at 10 after 12. Um, so I happened – what? Two things. One, I didn't care. You know, I, I think it should be a shotgun start at 12 o'clock if you're going to do it, right? Nobody play it beforehand. Mm-hmm. But what else, what I thought was cool, when I got there, I started playing one. The Arringtons were next to me. Um, Lodell was playing over there and a couple other people. And as everybody was getting the different holes, everybody was helping each other out, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh. Uh, they were like, oh, uh, low five here, money. This is perfect. You know, I did a full here with a, you know, so it was kind of neat. Nobody was like secretive in the corner, um, you know, hiding their shots. That's cool. So I thought that was fun. Um, I finished five, six in that tournament. Um, I think I went five and two, or no, seven and two. Six and two. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't remember. Um, the, the reason why I was thinking because I was calculating the money. So. So, so you're what I'm, you said. You said five six. Yeah. Okay. With thirty nine people in it, so it's a little more than. Uh, 
So it might have been six and two. Um, because okay. I lost my first match. That was the problem. Well, so, first off, what okay. was the, what was the freaky? What, what what was the theme of the Freaky Friday? That was the one the Power Events created. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What do you think? Uh, it was fun. It was fun. Okay. Um. So, well, the reason I got five six is because if you've ever tried to play the daily, right, and you get in, you get in auto mode, right? Hole two, click, click, move it over, hit. Hole three, you know, you you just get used to it. I won two matches by people just spacing, forgetting to click twice, only once, and then doing their full straight in the water. You know, just just spacing shots you know not staying focused which i thought was cool for a different dynamic of the game you know you had to stay ultra focused the whole time as well and not just you know because we've all done it on you know we'll have three hole outs in the daily oh i'm cruising you know all of a sudden you just donk off a shot some you know for no reason other than just spacing yeah so i thought that, i thought that was interesting huh. they i mean did it get done plenty of time before the qualifier yeah, yeah, it was, uh, or for the handicap, yeah, I was done plenty of time. The issue that I had, and I brought up to Steve, is we're paying $5 a game. We're also practicing $5 a game prior to. There is no money coming back per game like you would if you were just doing warm-up games. Yep. There's no money coming back to you like there is in match play because we're playing in live contests. You're only getting one payout. And also, in that tournament structure, like I was kind of telling you, you space shots and everything else, but you also weren't going low. You you were just making nerve mistakes and whatever. So, anyways, what I'm getting at is you're not gonna you're not gonna get first, you know. Yeah. So my tournament was six and two, so thirty five dollars in. Um, I finished five six out of thirty nine. Right, I get paid seventy five bucks. I played 12 games with my warm-up games. So I'm in 60 bucks plus 35. I'm in 95, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm net 20 for the tournament. So it's more of an experience rather than any sort of profit, you know. But so, what are you making the daily contest? Well, that was the thing. My love, it was like $27. Oh, that's what I mean. money. I could have, I could have continued to play and try to post a good score and get better, you know, but that's just, anyways, my suggestion was just at least drop it to four, you know, $4. So who's, little... who's the final two in the Freaky Friday tournament? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. I, it, it'll come to me. Well, that's um, it. Would it be like Taylor or something? Which would oh, make sense. Beat early. Um, Terry Haddock might have been. Um, oh, he was a. Was he the little gun? Steve BD won it. Oh, Steve B won the Freaky Friday. Okay. Terry Haddock won the purple. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's right. He got his world. Yeah, look at us having a pre-podcast uh, meeting and not mention Terry Haddock in the... Uh, well, we'll get to that part, but... I was going to mention him. I for, it, it, as a, shame, shame on both of you. That's what I'm saying. You both were in the tournament. I didn't even go to the tournament. I can forget this stuff. You guys, no. 
It was a long weekend, you know. Screw Terry. All right. Idaho people. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, I, I like, I've always been curious. I think the Freaky Friday tournament will come back. Well, we'll see what happens. But if it's going to be for its still same charitable cause, then I can't imagine the Kramers missing Florida. I would imagine that tournament would be there if it's if once again I believe that that's what was mentioned that Kate was going to run this tournament. Assuming the the Kramers are going to be at the tournament, so um, as long as Steve's health allows him to, correct? Yeah, uh, well, I'm just allowing to, yeah, as long as the, those two are going to be there. I mean, I'm like I said, Kate, one probably wouldn't. Well, Steve might come without Kate, but I, I doubt Kate would come without Steven. So, uh, Saturday qualifier um, with a really, really nice and juicy high number, 133. I mean, if you really think about that, that's 26.6 average per course. That's that's a high number. Not normally – I say not normally. I mean, just you know, given the current courses and everything, that's, that's a pretty juicy number right there. Yeah, that means you – you can make a total, I mean, uh, worth mistakes, maybe eight strokes worth of mistakes. Yeah, you, you can't have more than one water ball a game. Yeah. So, interesting layer into what was a, a very, when I when I looked at the qualifier and looked at the, the field, it seemed pretty loaded. There's a lot of really good players. Even just in the purple bracket alone was, uh, was pretty, uh, was pretty juicy. Um, the qualifier went pretty smooth. I mean, you know, for the most part, it went a little later, you know, but as usual, like most tournaments, you know, I, I can recall Paige saying, raise your hand if you're not playing this course yet. You know, yeah. it got to a certain point of the night to where let's get this qualifier in. You know, I don't think there were too many machine issues. Um, maybe a couple of machines that had some slower players on, which part for the course, you know, that, that happens every tournament. Well, yeah, but, 20, um, 29 machines, but, right? Yeah. Maybe thirty. I'm not. Yeah, twenty nine or thirty. I think it was twenty nine. There was those two legacies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I I go down this list of qualifiers. Uh, whether you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, and I'm counting this for a purpose here. Uh, I have 14 right now, and I could probably count more if I was... Yeah, 14 right now, just in the top 20 or 30 in the purple bracket that are world's qualifiers. People that have qualified for world championships. Not incapable players, people that have played the bulk to get to a world championship. But when, typically when you do that, that means you also have the capability of being able to throw up a high number every once in a while as well. Uh, Baki is another one, so that's fifteen. Uh, yeah, Weinert. There's a lot of lot of I mean, purple brackets are what I mean. They're what they are these days. I mean, there's a quite the collection of B players, and maybe even a a semi A player and somebody like GVK or something like that. But I, I qualify with Baki. We we had a really great machine out in the corner. Um, Baki and um, I I can't remember who else it was. It was another really solid player and just uh. Um, it, it really does make a difference on who you're qualifying with and where you're located at in the room. We we were fortunate. Yeah, that that, that part. Yeah, 
I'll never forget that St. Louis tournament where we're at the golf course. And generally the the clubhouse that we were playing in, it was, especially if you went upstairs, it was a little warm, but that qualifier, I didn't have a whole lot of reps going into the tournament. And, but I had an air vent that was blowing directly on where we were standing and it completely, completely made the day. Yes. Air circulation in your area is a beautiful thing. Gary, who'd you qualify with? Uh, Lindsay, not Kevin, but um, what that Jeff Lindsay is that his name, Jeff or Jason? Jeff, Jeff, it's a J, yeah, Jeff Lindsay, really? huh? So I think it's Jeff Lindsay, but I'll make sure. Go ahead, uh, younger guy. Well, I mean, shoot, I'm getting old, so uh, mid 20s, I'd say. Uh, really nice kid, um, was capable of shooting well, but then also was a non-tournament goer, silly mistakes, you know, a couple 20, but then a 17, you know, so. Yeah. Was it just him yeah. or somebody, was that somebody else? Oh, we were just a twosome. We got, oh wow, we got done in plenty of time. We were able to go leave and get some dinner and come back and it was good. So, um, we'll get to Sunday now. Uh, well, we're done with the qualifier. Sunday match play, and this is where we find out who won and who lost the tournament. Who won the Dallas Holiday Classic? Tonight, we will start with Brian Bernhardt. Well, um, I'm just going to since you're going to start with me, I'll start with me as well. You know, I, I feel that I won this tournament, Gino, and although a podium finish would have been nice. Um, I flew in Saturday morning. I've been battling a cold for over a week. Um, my right ear was bothering me all weekend long. Like I kid you not, like it felt like it was on fire. Uh, but uh, was able to kind of put that in the back of my head and you know, champions adjust. And although I was not a champion, um, it, it was nice for me to to compete with you know some of the best players in that room in the in the world. And like I mentioned earlier in this pod, you know, I played great golden tee. I mean, the way that I played against Luna and Evan, you know, I'm, I'm moving on against the majority of the people in that room. Just happened to uh, run into, you know, two world champions when I played my best. Uh, but for someone that hasn't won a tournament in nearly 20 years and uh, haven't been playing that much either, uh, it was one of my better weekends. And uh, for all of those reasons, I feel that I won this tournament. Congrats, Brian. Congrats. <laughs> uh, first off, 23rd in the qualifier. Let me run it. 26, 28, 27, 26, 28. I don't believe it was in that particular order, but for a grand total of 135 under, so you made it by two. So, congrats, Brian. You won the tournament. Gary Sheldon. Who won this tournament? Yeah, Brian, you're pretty cocky there, aren't you? Hey, man. <laughs> if, if, if you got fifth, sixth, you would have won this tournament too, Gary. You know what, Brian? I did win this tournament. <laughs> Tell me how you won this tournament. Um, before the tournament, uh, so when I come, we come, we come to a lot of tournaments, and we, I know you and I, Gino, don't play like we used to. Uh, you know but uh 
Gina and I would always Gina and I would always talk and like, why don't I prepare for a tournament? You're spending all this money to go to a tournament and you just don't prepare. You're just gonna all of a sudden get there and not make any mistakes, you know? Um so I was intentional for the last month before this tournament. I was playing every single day. I was playing cycles with um um people on invites and uh James Hickey for the most part we were running cycles full cycles so we could play them straight in a row and we put a dollar amount above and beyond on the cycles to make it to not quit on the cycle right um so prepared 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 um I fly we fly in on Friday morning I go straight there fifth six in the fifth six in the um freaky Friday that had 39 mm -hmm. yeah then we get into the qualifier it's the first time in the longest I was not worried about making the cut um after the qualifier you know after shooting cycles prepared for it no problem I think I qualified uh, what 17th um yes then I go into the tournament win my first two matches then I lose the Haas and Jojo okay then I go into the top gun and get a nice 13-16 there. There is my tournament weekend resume, Brian Bernhardt. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo, Gary. So let me tell everybody how I won the tournament this weekend. No, I'm kidding. I didn't win this tournament. I wasn't there. Uh, all right. So now that the boasting hour is over here, uh, let me uh, give the flowers to... Uh, our first winner of this tournament, outside the two sitting with me, is Paul Anthony Luna. Just in a just, to put it all on a bow, ten wins now uh, on the National Golden Tee Tour uh, for Paul Luna. That is four behind Andy Haas all time. Uh, only per other person that is uh, they're both chasing Mark Stenmark. Eighteen wins on the National Golden Tee Tour. Something for us to pay attention to in the next couple of years is definitely. Uh, uh, who's has a shot of uh, maybe passing him. Both of them are probably expected to. Uh, but for that matter, Paul Luna winning a tournament, a Texas tournament. I think I, I think it was important to him. Uh, oh, it was. You know, I, I I looked over and I saw him. You know, hugging Rachel, hugging Mark's mom. You know, like the emotion from him. This, you know, you, you could definitely tell how important it was to him to win this. Yeah. And uh like I said, a genuine winner. Like I, I keep saying the that top gun player of the year tournament. It's a little I, I say it a lot, it's a little late at night for Paul Luna to be playing Golden Tee, but he <laughs> still comes uh and he's come through this year because I mean even just uh, he hasn't won the top gun player of the year. He has finished top four six times. Five of them fourth place, another time a third place. So it doesn't. It's not like he's underperforming. He's not like a host of nine twelves and thirteen sixteens when it comes to that tournament. Like he he knocks on that door at least a little bit. Uh, hard not to call it a really successful weekend for Paul Anthony Luna. So Paul Anthony Luna definitely won this tournament. Brian Bernhardt, who else won this tournament besides yourself? Yeah. Um. If it wasn't me, who who would win this tournament? No. Um. A guy that we don't talk about that often. Um, but when he plays in tournaments, he does well. He finds the podium. 
Um, doesn't drink much throughout the weekend. Doesn't drink at all throughout the weekend. And his match against Andy Haas, I mean, he could have won the tournament this weekend, but Sean Gervais um, just still going out there competing at such a high level and um, wouldn't surprise me if he actually wins a tournament sometime in 2024, but uh, he, him battling through the, through the bracket against the best players in the world and, you know, finding a way to get third place is, is quite the showing. So Sean Gervais won this tournament. Connor, I, I met, like met him at the world championship and I, I, like I said, it's got game. He's got game important that he got that world spot because that takes one of the non-prize play people out of it. And so opens it up maybe for a David Key, maybe for a, I don't know, any, any, hmm? uh, Ben, if he's, yeah, if he's living in Louisiana still, it could open the door up for him. Any of the Slidell guys or all the, 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 the Louisiana group that you guys don't haven't heard a whole lot about, but there there's a few quite a few of them. Maybe open it up for uh, what's my guy Keith Bennett, Keith uh, who qualified the prize play, but he's actually from Louisiana. Uh, so but good for Connor, definitely yeah. won this tournament. Uh, for the second time in his uh Golden Tee career, Joe Masera has won a Top Gun Player of the Year. Uh. Probably a good time at night for uh, somebody to be playing Golden Tees, Joe Macera, uh, who kind of keeps to himself for the most part. I would say keep to himself, but he, he kind of just is in his own element when it comes to a tournament, not really a part of the social element of the tournament. And the uh, his game is just freaking solid, and it always is, and it, it really shapes well. I uh, will mention, along with Joe Macera, Andy Haas finishing blue second, Paul Taylor third, and Paul Luna fourth. I, I mentioned these guys before the podcast. Those are probably your four. Those are your four best players in 2023, right there. Rounding up your podium, just happening to do it for us this time. Uh, are those guys, but especially Joe Massera. Uh, no, no, you know th- that match, and I'm not sure if you were following that late at night or, or whatnot, but or if you can even see if you were watching the stream it was so neat to see i don't know gary we're used to there it's probably 30 or 40 men and women behind those machines just watching that match between jojo and haas and it kind of brought me back a little bit to you know the golden years of the golden tea whatever you want to call them you know where where it wasn't about the side games or the money games late on sunday night it was about watching that championship and and that is what happened and they they gave us a treat. That was a very epic battle between JoJo and Haas there to end the night. They're the best players of the game today, for sure. Uh, what time do you guys think that thing ended uh, Sunday night? Uh, at 12.30. Local time? Yeah. Just shows you the grind right there. That, that's how much, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, after two tournaments, a lot to get through on a Sunday in a Golden Tee tournament. It might have been twelve forty-five, but yeah, it was. I was back by because I had, I wanted to, I I went back to watch it because mm-hmm. I was invested in the winner. So <laughs> so I was I had already been back home, and then I came back. I told Gina I was like I want to go watch the end of this, and uh, so I know I was back home by one one fifteen. So it was 
But I mean, if you just think of the top of this tournament, Masera, Haas, Taylor, Luna, and needing a five six, Godfrey Gervais, and then seven eight Gossett Lannon. I mean, look at that's some that's some dynamite. Just before you get to nine twelve, which is BD Brown, McClevich, and Mike Gray. So uh yeah, what a loaded top gun player of the year. Joe Masera, you won this tournament. Brian Bernhardt, any more winners for you? I do have another winner, and, and it's not necessarily because of his golden tee play this weekend um it's it's more in regards to the <clears throat> current world champion hitting the grand prize on the buffalo machine for thirty eight hundred and sixty six dollars on saturday paul taylor won his ass some money that weekend <laughs> that was nuts but congratulations also, paul taylor you won this tournament <laughs> he also gets a, a loser for putting money back in the machine, leaning the chairs against them, and taking the machines for the remainder of the weekend. Yeah, so he put it on auto at like 75 cents, and it seriously ran off 300 bucks for 10 hours straight. Hoping you would hit a jackpot of some kind? Or is what's the yeah. jackpot? What's the jackpot $3,800? Yeah, he so, had yeah, 30, yeah, he had 3866 The other machine was about 3500 so he was trying for that one. Uh, look. <laughs> Has anybody ever been around to, uh, outside of that? I mean, I've, I've been around Paul Taylor in a slot machine, and it's not just throwing the money in there and just hitting the button. Like, I mean, he knows exactly what needs to be in a row to get a payout and get what payout he needs. Uh, I was After his world championship, there was about, I want to say it was like 10 of us at the Circa, and it's one of those Buffalo machines that are connected nationally. Like, I mean, apparently these ones in Vegas are also connected to the one in, uh, like, Chicago and stuff like that. And I'm saying, and he, I mean, he was sitting there explaining, well, this is what, uh, how, I mean, if we get payout there, and then this is a progressive payout, it's connected all over. If it happens to hit the jackpot, it's $1.7 or something like that. And he could tell you all about it. And we spent, I mean, that's how we kind of, I, I joke around, that's how we celebrated Paul Taylor's World Championship. And, and at the circa with 10 people low ski avos and uh i think they had pumped like 700 bucks into the slot machine just to finally get a bunch of it back and it was literally i mean whatever the jackpot whenever you see a slot machine that's got like a wheel or something on top of it that spins and you can hit like a mini a major or a minor a major or a, like a jackpot whatever it is and I think it was it had a wheel and it was one spoke away from hitting a 1.7 million jackpot. And <laughs> oh, if anybody would have seen Dale Raynard at that point, we probably, believe, I mean, we're close to needing a medic right, right then and there. Because it was generally his most of his money that was in that slot machine. Either way, I digress. We, that was a good way to celebrate a world championship. But Paul Taylor hitting slots again and winning the tournament. Gary Sheldon, anybody else win this tournament? You know, uh, it's kind of obvious, but I got to give Haas some credit. I mean, runner-up, runner-up. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough to win these. Hard to do. We know because we had one 20 years ago. Feels mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> like so, a lifetime ago, Gary. Yeah. I, I mean, playing some solid golf, I don't know where his losses came, but, you know, back-to-back. Um, Runner-ups, that's a good weekend for him as well, I would imagine. 
definitely a different world he gets to live in where he can be successful in tournaments and only do it by doing it with 150, 200 games a month compared to the 800 to 1,000 games a month that heyday Andy Haas was was playing. And Stouts, I mean, that has a large part. I, I was playing today. I mean, I, I've not played. I could count on one hand how many how many times I've played Golden Team Machines since the Clash right now. And I've played with my buddy Danny. And Danny, who hadn't played a whole lot this month as it is, but he walked right up there and he was doing just fine. She's 25, 26. And, like riding the bike. Yeah. It does help it a lot. Andy Haas went in this tournament. Uh, the other guy that won a yeah terry haddock the guy who won his world's pass uh idaho another world's pass by the way all these guys that keep getting a world's pass and i we haven't figured out this newly announced world championship another thing we'll get to uh how we're going to qualify for this thing now golf clap for it for announcing this seven months in advance i kind of think i i say that's the sweet spot Seven seven to eight months in advance is probably when you need to have something announced in stone that somebody can attend. You're getting to four months, then you're getting a little close. Mm-hmm. Seven to eight months, I think that's a, that's a solid time. So, uh, but with Terry getting a a world's pass now, that takes another one right out of the pool, gives another person another opportunity to try to get in that uh, mix to get it get themselves to the palms. And uh, get to the world championship. So, congrats to Terry, uh, two-time Clash player. By the way, he's played. He's come from Idaho to the Carolina Clash twice now. So, Terry had won this tournament. Go ahead, Gary. Got to play with Terry. Um, maybe it was Friday before handicap. He is good. Yeah. he he's really good. Never um, played with him. I was, yeah. He made it really far in the handy or the the Freaky Friday. I think uh, he won purple, right? I don't think he missed the cut by much. No, uh, he he was right there. I thought, um, but yeah, he's a he's a good player, and he's a super nice guy. Oh yeah, so for sure, Terry Haddock won this I tournament. Want, yeah, I wanted to say one more thing about. Uh, uh, Franta about what Brian was saying about there is something it's a swagger it's some sort of something and and I got to play against him uh you know think, Hunter? yeah I think he's really confident but I, I got to talking to him after the tournament no when we were watching the finals of um the end of the year tournament and he told me that he hadn't drank all weekend and that was the first drink he had had after he had lost in that second tournament or after he won that tournament right yeah so i think that tells me a lot about where he's at this isn't this isn't a cocky i'm good at it this is a mission it's something that he's trying to get good at he's young and he wants to he wants to get up there and be the best and he's taking it serious you know, for a guy his age, what, he can't be 23, 24, 25, somewhere in there? So a lot of maturity right there. Yeah. This is this is different than, oh, I'm good. I'm going to beat all these. This is a mission. And that's where I think it helps to answer your question. 
Like, I think he's just good and he's competent. Um, he also hits the ball way too fast for me. Uh, he doesn't think about shots. I mean, they're just – he just gets up there and fires away. But, yeah. Um, I thought I feel when I watch Richard King. Like, when I, I see Richard King plays, it's like, it's like no thinking in between the shot. It's all very one quick motion and all that stuff. It just – the difference between that, though, is there really is no thinking between his shots. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's constant thinking between the shots. It's just nothing about Golden Tee for Richard. Not about Golden Tee, yes. <laughs> he did grab some pretty awesome pictures, though. The, the one he posted of uh, in the Haas Luna match, he, he, he's doing a, an exceptional job, you know, capturing a lot of moments of Golden Tee. Uh, but before we jump off Connor real quick, like I said, I've met him at Worlds, and I feel like I said, I feel he, like he's got game. Uh, I don't know. Let, let, let's let's see it. Let's see what his uh, tournament future looks like. It seems like the Frantics are coming with him. Just mention Richard. How is he doing this weekend? Yeah, I was okay. Say, I mean, he, he was hobbling a little bit, but I was say, was he fine. Uh, was he walking fine? That's what I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a little bit of a hobble, um, but yeah, you. I didn't see much of him, but when I did, he was you know grabbing a lot of pictures. Oh no, good for him. Like uh, I get. Get worried about that guy. You know, he he came to the class. He went. He came to the COVID clash limping like he was, and he was still limping that way at Worlds. Like I was, I was getting a little worried. I'm like, let's get this taken care of, dude. Yeah, yeah. I think he's had both hips replaced yeah. now. That's but true. uh, we could also call him a winner of this tournament. He didn't stop, and he was hobbling. Yeah. Uh, but he was always. I mean, I don't know what he what he's doing with all this these pictures or whatnot, but he didn't stop. And he's always grabbing this and grabbing that and doing this and doing that. I mean, for he wasn't he wasn't as spastic as he is either. Like it was a it was a pretty good weekend for him. One day we're gonna stumble upon a file that's got like twenty thousand golden tea photos of his. You know, maybe I mean when one day we're just gonna see this file that's got all these photos and we'll see the the twenty eleven Club Lucky Tournament of Champions or something. And I see that before you see all the files from IT that they're hiding in the closet. Well, I mean, they just don't want to dig- digitize half of what they have. It's not that well. I digress well, with that. They're on a flash drive somewhere now, right? Just yeah, like- yeah. No, I, I, well, so uh, you mentioned that, okay? But uh, like, uh, it has all this content. Uh, that's basically from our yesteryear, from basically pre twenty sixteen on. Everything that was migrated from the previous website onto. Somewhere else, okay, that did not come to this current website, this live wire that everybody knows and loves today. And all of our tournament data from our world's tournament data, all of our world's tournament, everything is somewhere in incredible technologies. Just needs to be gone through. And, you know, digitized, put on the new website if they ever want to go that route. I don't think they care. (laughs) But... I mean, said we know somebody does. We'll make that happen. Well, the 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 Windy City, Windy City Showdown Golden Team Mobile, is in April, and that's what I'm supposed to go up there. And uh, anybody, anybody see Sean this weekend? Guy who works with Kevin at IT. Was he there? Yeah. All right. Yeah, Sean. I just gotta go through a lot of that stuff, and yeah, take a walk down memory lane. May may call may call Mr. Colabono. And uh, help out with that, but that's another another story for another time. <laughs> another pod. <laughs> um. All right. So, 
Anybody else win this tournament for you guys? There's an honorable mention, uh, Travis Parnell coming out of Group 8, making the cut. Oh, yeah, Gator, that's Chop. I mean, uh, they got a good group of guys traveling to tournaments. They went to, I think, every tournament this year. Uh, Jeremy Olson from Tennessee. Uh, uh, Brandon, not sure his last name, but I know Jeremy went to every tournament. And just, uh, yeah, shout out to Gator Chop for, for a good weekend. There's a lot of guys that probably deserve a shout out for attending every tournament this year. Uh, Paul Luna. Andy Haas, Paul Taylor, uh, just amongst a few, uh, Chris Brewer, CJ Wengler, Gordy, Gordy Brown went to every tournament this year. Uh, so did Sean Tickner, uh, Keith, Schiavo, yeah, Los Schiavo, Keith Bennett. Um, uh, and there's a host more that if I don't mention you guys, I'm sorry, but I mean, attend Jeremy Olson attending all six tournaments is really, it's quite a, it's quite an undertaking quite a feat. to do. It's, it's quite an undertaking to do. And these guys uh, continue to get out there and support our, our National Golden Tee Tour every single year. And they did it for every single tournament this year. I'm sure speaking for Paige, Russ, and Steve, they, they certainly appreciate your time, your business, and uh, just loving the National Golden Tee Tour. So uh, those guys are winners. And uh, that's all who I have. Who lost this tournament? Who lost this tournament? I may change this to who did not who who did not lose who did not win this tournament. That's it. Who did not win this tournament? Because there's no losers in Golden Tee, as my friend Mr. Gary Colabano used to say. Brian, who who did not win this tournament? I'm going to go grab one out of left field here. Um, and he's a good friend of mine, re- real good friend of mine. Been playing the game since he was five years old. What the hell is Kevin Lindsay doing in the damn pink bracket? I mean, he says he just doesn't play that much, but you're in the lounge every day at work. I mean, come on, Kevin. You should be competing for a spot in the main bracket, not finishing in the top 12 or 16 of the pink bracket um well give him a break okay they've had retro raccoons on sale it's not like he can spend a lot of golden tea but a lot of time with golden tea <laughs> yeah he's been playing for over 25 years i know he, Bad he, excuses, he, you know <laughs> no he's he's got a five six and a top gun player of the year he he should be better yeah so so gotta give my my boy some shit kevin Lindsay. you did not win this tournament been busy with the sale on retro raccoons that's what it was or maybe just all the drama with somebody the week leading up to it he just didn't have time to get his practice games in yeah that could be it too it could too be busy too. contacting the legal legal department yeah i i guess if there's that once again i'm sure that'll go away at some point but uh gary sheldon who lost this tournament uh i'm gonna go with Someone who I thought would have no trouble making a cut and making a little run. One of my favorite dudes in Golden Tee, but Mike Jagger. I'm going to have to say you lost this tournament. Sorry, I'm I'm backing him up here, Mike. Qualifier, I think he was 50-something. No, that was... He was further down than that. Um, but 
Yeah, and then purple, you know, you get into purple, at least make a little bit of a run. Um, I think he might have went two and two. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a hard time. Although we mentioned prior to the broadcast that and Gino touched on it, that there weren't many losers. This is a tough field, tough tournament, long weekend. Yeah, it's tough to tough to lose this tournament. Everybody did pretty well where they were supposed to be for the most part. Uh I agree. And uh there's a few guys on here that may have, you know, just not had their best tournament. Uh, I would say uh, we talked before the podcast, a guy like Bob Washburn, Robert Washburn, who you would expect at some point, you know, to make a cut. I would say this last half of the year for him has uh, maybe not been his best. Uh so it's just somebody you would expect more out of, and you just don't. So Robert Washburn lost this tournament. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I'm not mentioning a guy's name and doesn't get out to a whole lot of tournaments. And this isn't really about his gameplay, although I know he's a better player than this. He didn't, he was in the pink bracket. Um, but it's more for um, something that I've he's done at two tournaments. I, I heard this happen at Nashville, and I heard it again this past weekend. When you hear a fist pound the control deck on a bad shot, um, that that's abuse on the machine. It's it's property. You know, you yeah. don't kick the machine, don't punch the machine. Uh, Trip Ray, I heard you do it in Nashville. I heard you do it again in the qualifier. If you're listening, stop hitting the machines. There was a an instance back in Dallas a couple of years ago. Where I was playing somebody, and uh, you know, I I did that where I I mean I didn't really throw my fist on it, but you know I did give a nice little hard love tap to a machine after missing a putt on eighteen, and I was up one, and the machine proceeded to reboot. So, uh, like uh, don't, do your best not to give yourself that situation, and you know if you were to take a a fist or something to a machine, you know that's probably uh that something like that could happen. Never mind the fact that you're right, Brian. It is property. I think Steve it, looked at me one time. This was in Houston, and uh, I think Sonny Stevenson ended up hitting a machine. And, uh, and he says over to me, he goes, I wish we had a rule around here where if you punch a machine, you get punched. <laughs> and and this was one, one of those, you know, hand, you know, fist on the machine, several heads turned. It was loud. You know, it, it was Shame on you, Aubrey. Guys. Yeah, you know, and it's just uh, just just be better, especially these machines. It's their second go round. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's take care of these machines. Take care of the people that are bringing these machines and running these tournaments for us. Mm -hmm. Gary Sheldon, anybody else lose this tournament? You said there wasn't a lot, but I don't. I, I, I you don't have I'm it. Really, I'm really strong on the. Oh, good. Someone else. Uh no, Gordy Brown. I like I said underperforming for his style, especially for a guy that's made a lot of cuts cuts this year. But I mean, like I said, it's a deep field too. So, uh, I mean, I guess we could mention GVK. Well, we had talked about that a little bit before the podcast, where he's dealing with a little bit of an injury right now. I I would yeah, he, say, he was, 
Go ahead. He, he was not in the best shape. I mean, mentally he was fine, but you could just tell he was sore. he was sore. Uh, well, I mean, but even if you, we wanted to go that route, as far as and I, let me get my points up here, like we're not in the best run of uh, of GVK right now. You know, we're yeah, not a good year for him. Well, compared to what he could be, but you know, there's also a lot of really good players uh, that are up there. Well, GVK, a guy that could have won this tournament, like physically won the tournament last yeah. year. He had that match against Evan when he got stalled for seven minutes on Holyutina Petra. Yeah. Um, and I'm not exaggerating; it was a seven minute stall. Um, he was playing really great up until that point, and then this this year, it just yeah, outside, no, like I said, I got to I'll put it all in perspective, and I got we have to remember and remember correctly that he did have a top four in Florida. All right, long forgotten back all the way in February that George had a top four in Florida. Since that, uh, it's been kind of a, a, on a decline. There's a one and two. I'm sorry, uh, uh, some kind of. 13-16, I believe that's what it would be for uh, in Wisconsin, then a 17-24 uh, in Nashville, 0-2 at the Carolina Clash uh, before missing the cut here in Dallas. So the conversation we used to have, like I said, best player not to win a tournament, I kind of was outspokenly saying it was GVK. Eddie Godfrey kind of kind of creeping up right now and introducing himself to the conversation and uh, to the point where uh, moral victories are not really have much substance anymore. You know, you want to win. Yeah, you know, Podiums don't have much substance anymore. You want to win. And for guys with their mentality, I believe that's where they're at. George, not in his best run of golden tee right now to finish out this year. It's hard to say where Chris Brewer is right now in Golden Tee. Uh, I mean, just the five, just no top fours this year. Five sixes all over the place. Or I'm sorry, all over the place. Five sixes in Florida and Nashville. Seven eights in Carolina and Wisconsin. Nine twelve in Missouri, and then what you saw was that seventeen twenty four in uh, in Dallas. I don't know. Maybe I just saw the Carolina clash. Didn't see the fastball working all that well. Just, it, it was a lot of getting by with smoke and mirrors and not really quality shot making you see from a lot of these guys. Don't know if that was the same case in Dallas, uh, but I'm hoping next year, maybe a reset button. The guy, another guy is going to attend all six tournaments most likely. Um, He's also adapting to a new lifestyle. He's living up in Pennsylvania um, instead of living with a couple of roommates. You know, in South Carolina, he's living with his girlfriend, you know, yeah. uh, closer Amish to his country. parents, you know, so, um, you know, m maybe as, as he gets through this cold winter up in Pennsylvania and, and uh, adapts to his new, you know, new lifestyle and uh, mm -hmm. maybe he's got some stuff on his mind and we Golden Tee will be coming back for him in full swing next year. Well, Florida's he won Florida, right? I mean, a couple, three years ago. Yeah, so that, that that that's a name to kind of keep an eye on first tournament next year. Uh, yeah, he won the Florida uh Florida Open right before we got shut down for COVID, or about about a month before we got shut down to COVID. Yeah. Uh, still getting in the volume though. Uh, that's his that's that's his butter now. I mean, he's he's making 
he's making butter or he's making all that up in Amish country in uh <laughs> in Pennsylvania. A little greasy. Say it again. Maybe his hands are getting a little greasy from all that butter. Yeah, all that churning butter. All right, so I was going to mention this one. Uh, Gary said he didn't know this person, which is really, really bad. But uh, who lost this tournament? And I, and I say this from a personal level because I care deeply for this human being. And uh, this whole airplane hangar, this big, big, big room that you guys play this tournament in uh, was all set in motion from a guy named Shane Marks. And Shane, uh, just by playing darts there, which is what that place I think is known for a little bit is their dart action. Shane got this going, got this new location after Austin did not work out. Very important to the tour that they do have one standing tournament in Texas with a big market for a lot of players. And Shane was used his connection and used his uh, knowledge of the game and did everything to get us our tour to that location. Uh, Seth Seth Harris caught up with me in uh in Vegas this past year, and because Seth was on the other hand of this of getting this tournament going, and uh he he just is like, have you talked to Shane in a while? And I and I just kind of thought to myself, I'm like, no, I had not talked to Shane in a while, and uh he just said, you know, he, and he goes, well, nobody's really heard from him, and. Uh, he was just, it was a big part of Seth's life there for a while, you know, especially trying to get this tournament going. But now from what I understand, Shane has not touched a track ball, has not been anywhere in around golden tee for a little while. So, uh, with that note, I, like I said, with not knowing if the man has anything going on in his life, not knowing what, what's happening with Shane right now, other than he's dearly missed, uh, but for a tournament that he helped found. All right. And all kind of set in motion also from that de- the COVID Dallas tournament, the uh, Texas tournament that they had. Shane was the one that put that on, got the machines from the tour. Russ brought them down. Uh, they're standing in Texas has a lot to do with Shane. And for Shane not to be here this weekend, uh, I would call <clears throat> as a person that's done a lot of what he's done uh, a little disappointing. And I uh, just thinking about Shane, uh, for this right now, until you tell me otherwise, Shane, uh, you've lost this tournament. Uh, but that being said, you're still loved, and uh, we hope to see you around. Uh, get the dart out of your hand and put a trackball in there, sir. Anybody else? Uh, honorable mention for me, let me mention this, uh, Jason Loschiavo, even though I was told maybe not. I, look, I just... For anybody that follows Golden D players and that have, I have genuine love for, and I've seen a lot of Jason and Jackie Loskiavo over the last, what, seven years now. Like following him in a Golden D tournament is the most heartbreaking thing you can freaking do, man. <laughs> it is just, it just, it's so on the line. And I mean, I, I've, I've watched him on YouTube just, I mean, come very close to missing cuts. While he's in the qualifier, and it's just he's not going to say because he, 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 as he said, he didn't lose this tournament. He just had a tournament, and uh, he, the last four tournaments have been just. I know it's been frustrating for him. He sure as hell didn't lose this tournament. This is just an honorable mention pin. Like we, I just really hope that he, you know, next year he could have a lot better results. 
the last four tournaments he's played, I think he's missed a cut by the total of like maybe just a handful of strokes. There's a couple times he's missed the cut on the number this year and just lost it by shotties. Yeah, four thousand for this past weekend. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough run right now. Uh, but I say without with a like I said another with a lot of love. He didn't lose this tournament, but uh, he did he did break the heart a little bit. He, he put a little another crack in the heart because uh, watch uh, him in Golden Tee tournaments. It, it could just I pull for him so much because I, I I feel like one day we'll just pop up and we'll see a five six and. He'll have this big glow to him, and it's going to be a great day. And uh, I, I still think that can happen one day. Jason Loschiavo, love you, man. Uh, anybody else lose this? I think that's everybody, right? Brian? Well, if we're going to do honorable mentions, I want to do an honorable mention for a winner real quick. And only because we give – this we gave this guy a bunch of slack for a while for underperforming. And he was came into uh, Dallas and qualified right in the middle of the main bracket, and that's Art DeVries. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that's a nice little nice little weekend for him. Nice, that's a good field to qualify in, man. And and he has busted our brackets a few times, but uh, and we've given some slack, but uh, I think he deserves an honorable mention shout out for this tournament. Ended up with 670 points. Uh, if he'd had maybe a better Nashville, I like he played four tournaments this year, held out on St. Louis and Wisconsin. Does make the Southeast tour when he can. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he had a couple better tournaments, he'd have been in that top gun, but that's kind of where if you need to play yourself in a top gun, that's the first thing you got to do is make a cut. And Art's very, very capable, he's a very smart player. I'm gonna give an honorable mention to one of my Titan buddies that was really disappointed that he missed out on the little gun um, and a guy that we, we've given a lot of a lot of slack to over the last year or two, but Matt, Matt Kavanaugh, Dr. Kavanaugh, um, seventh, eighth in the purple bracket. We know he's a better player than that, but he's had a pretty rough go the last year or two, as far as his gameplay goes. And I could see the disappointment on his face uh, that he didn't play better, but this goes to show he still, he still has game and, and don't forget about that name when you see him on those fantasy sheets going forward. Dr. Matt Cavanaugh. Who else honorable mentioned this tournament? Anybody else? No, but I did want to mention, too, real quick. I was looking at the points. It's not that honorable, so it's just a mention. Yeah, this is just a mention. This is just strictly um, points. So the cut line was 860. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think that's worth mentioning going into the next year. Yeah, a I mean, little bit of a little bit of a shift. I think a lot, a few more players playing a lot more tournaments uh, has a lot to do with that. That's that's four that's four cuts made. I mean, that, and, that's, that's exactly what that is. Yeah, the four that's that's four cuts made. Four cuts made. Oh, and two. So, kind of let that be your baseline moving forward. Just going to all the tournaments and making a run in purple is not going to get it done anymore. Great point. Okay. All right. So yeah. He, all right. So I see where he's already gone through, and he's uh, removed. Like, well, no, Jade McGillum was on there. Even if, well, Jade is on the list. So even then, that would make it even more. So yeah, you're you're going to need to make all four cuts. That's just 
it's a tall task I and mean, you know to play in that the top top gun but you know the best way to do it either have a one one good finish which is kind of like the brandon robinson thing this year did not play a whole lot of tournaments and then had a great carolina clash threw himself right in the mix or you can just slowly pluck away get you some o and twos make some cuts have some short sundays and have yourself a day so uh, you can't just go to the tournament now and uh, make Top Gun, which is kind of what used to be the case. Go to a lot of tournaments, make Top Gun, kind of your loyalty program. Now you actually have to have to put some rounds together and play well. Let's uh, turn our attention really quickly to Golden Tee Fantasy Golf. I just oh. missed a podium finish. <laughs> How close was that? Oh, like 10 points, I think, or... Six points, something like that. So it is worth mentioning since we were talking about the tour and everything. So the entry fee is getting raised to one twenty. Very important to note. Yep. So just be prepared to pay one twenty instead of a hundred. Which means more money to pay out. More money's paid out. More money is paid out. Uh, just a. Uh... I don't know if I, I think Steve pretty much laid out all the accounting pretty well uh, in his post on Facebook. If you haven't seen it, get a Facebook account and please go look at Golden Tee Fan. But <laughs> the, uh, you know, there was a cost to them about adding a certain amount per players of how many they had in, uh, in Top Gun. And uh, I think it's just a little bit of a cost they can't uh, achieve anymore. So it's understandable. It's just kind of a, Cost of doing business, the extra $20 should go well. Hopefully, we'll see a good reflection of that through the next year. Uh, Steve is pretty spot on with that stuff, so uh, I trust him with it. Uh, got to give uh, you know credit for the full transparency. This is why we're raising it. We're doing it for this reason, you know. That's no, that's, that's, why, that's a great thing about Steve. You know, he likes his information up front. Uh, already got the tour hammered out for the next season. So as we go into year, uh, the for the fourteenth full year of the National Golden Tee Tour, it's uh, it's crazy they've been doing it this long. Yeah, I'm, I might make it to all of them. I'm looking at the schedule right now, Gino. I mean, wow. as, as long as that St. Louis tournament doesn't fall on a a baseball baseball or a softball weekend, with with I'm pretty sure I will not be at Worlds due to a conflict. I'm gonna do the best I can to go to every PETT event. If I got to make four cuts to be in the top of gun, then I better go to at least four. Mm-hmm. Over under four and a half. Over under four and a half. For Brian. Does that painter gym thing uh, attract you at all up in Wisconsin? The painter gym shootout? Uh, I'd like to go, but it's, it's still about four hours. Oh, is it that long? Okay. Yeah. And it's just the middle of January, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to plan for that with the weather and, um so so yeah but who knows maybe, maybe i'll make a guest appearance so uh just going through uh just the fantasy groups briefly with uh people like andy haas and eddie godfrey gossett lannon Masera, luna Tavo, but cook in group one how can you go wrong yeah. it's uh that's a lot of really good players uh, who did I want to mention? Andy Fox ended up playing himself into Top Gun, uh, like a semi predicted. I think he only had like a, I don't know, was it like a one in, was it a one and two in the main bracket or two and two? 
you know, I think he got 17 and 24 in the main bracket. Yeah, so that's a one and two. Uh, that ended up getting them into the into the main field, uh, to the Top Gun field. So, doing what you had to do. Good job, Andrew. Uh, yeah, that's what I was looking at. Group two had like Gervais, Brewer, Fox, McClevich. That's 11, 12, 12 tournament wins right there. So, any of those guys could have gotten through. Uh, who ended up winning this thing? Uh, fantasy wise, who what was the name? Anybody see the Dan Nesky or something? Yeah, Nesky. Yep, Dan Nesky. What does he play as? No or, question, Gina. All right, you guys are supposed to know this stuff for me. Dad, gummit. Uh, were you the best player? Yeah, you were the best player in group three, so that means you got a point bump, didn't you? Uh, Brian, if if, if you listen to the podcast, you would have known that I was the pick to make in group three. So every podcast that you pick in that has you in it should be the pick, correct? But only Good one way. of them, only one of us guaranteed that they were going to win our group. Oh, that's right. That was you, Gary. That's right. Anyone your anyone your group? Yeah. Uh, poor James Hickey. I guess I don't know what happened. He couldn't make it. Uh, that as as guy that his wife fell ill. Oh. Was he in the was it was he, I believe he would have been in the top gun mix. And right there, yeah. A a made cut would have got him in, I think. Very, very capable for him. Um uh, I'm going down just like Bobby Kennedy, I end up playing a sheet with him on there. Uh and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be like a Bobby Kennedy guy here. Yeah, you know, we're gonna get that going. So one time he didn't do all that well. Uh see like Terry Haddock, Todd Clark. Those are all solid picks. I think they all had great purple brackets as well. Well, look at Seth Harris making the main bracket. He's one that won that group. Or not, and Corey Neely. Corey Neely was a guy that we... So, if I'm looking at this correctly, uh, we have one player from every group make the cut. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Harry Lomason, uh, who's had a great year, he uh, kind of fell short in the qualifier. Well, it's here. Group seven, Aaron, you said Aaron Ketchum. That was kind of a did not win the tournament, or but he showed up on. No, I'll cut that part. Yeah, out. but he he's a much better player than that. Um, I mean, he, I, he was coming off an injury as well. He oh, so he did have a hand injury, didn't he? That's right. Matt was telling us about that before. He had sliced his hand. I saw the scar. It was pretty pretty gruesome. Oh, and yeah, he hadn't tried to play until just before. Ouch. Uh, and then group eight, I, uh, I was apparently, I mean, as I said, privy to information, but you know, Brad Tuttle, who is Brad Tuttle in this field would be a middle to low end purple guy, uh, probably middle purple guy on a typical day. Uh, but here lately, Brad Tuttle has been playing a lot. Brad Tuttle's friend josh everybody knows uh josh mcdaniel kind of let me know that hey he's been playing well you should pick him now I, you got to be wary with stuff like that like i mean you're thinking you're operating with ins insider info because sometimes it just doesn't always work kind of like when shoyo tani was on his way to toronto a few days ago right uh yeah no he yeah he was getting a home in toronto before dodgers wrote a check <laughs> but 
Anyways, Brad, uh, Brad apparently has been playing an awful lot, ended up having a solid purple bracket run. I wouldn't say a, a really good one, but a solid purple bracket run. And then, yeah, like I said, Parnell coming out of that group, which I didn't notice until really later on. But good job, Travis. But then a real quick, we need to mention, though, in Group 8, uh, Michael Perez, he's got some health stuff going on. So for those listening, well, you keep him in your thoughts and prayers while he – battles and uh, gets over these hurdles over the next i don't know several weeks or months but it's, he's got a tough road ahead of him yeah thinking about you mike i i uh, hope you're doing well and that's uh that's just a little wrap on the fantasy stuff there just wanted to go through some names and uh how some guys did uh my fan like I, I didn't even come close on my fantasy group i think i, I had one that was like in the top half of the field and the other that was in the bottom half it just Strikes and gutters when it comes if, to if I if I pick anybody but um Peach Schmidt or Russell I pick Peach Schmidt in group eight. Um as long as I avoided Russ Layton, if I picked any of the other guys, I probably would have won fantasy. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Pete. Appreciate you. <laughs> Poor Pete. <laughs> so uh and that's uh kind of a, a wrap on our golden tea uh tournament year. Uh, so also coming with the announcement at, or I'm sorry, coming at the Dallas Holiday Classic was a an announcement for the World Championship coming to the Palms, beautiful Las Vegas. Now, over the last handful of months, uh, we've seen. I mean, I think everybody's kind of heard that uh, the idea of us leaving Vegas was probably uh, incorrect, which I think a lot of us had that idea going into this last world championship that it might be our last one there. And IT says, no, not so fast. Uh, in our time in Las Vegas over the past, I believe, couple of years, uh, whether it be word of mouth, whether it be the stream, I don't, not the actual word of mouth show, but the actual word of mouth in Las Vegas, uh, whether it be connections whoever it may be uh the palms that heard about what we had going on were very 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 interested in hosting us and uh the deal was i guess judging by my trip to the golden t-mobile world championship uh the deal was basically all but done at that point and uh they just uh had to iron out a few things so now uh las vegas nevada gary uh i guess that's our destination this summer yeah, but it was interesting. I don't know, Brian, if you caught this announcement. When Kevin, were you in there when Kevin announced? I was there, yeah. And he said we will be going back to Las Vegas one more time. Yes, yes, he did. Know, the good, good ears there, Gary. One more time, huh? That's the way the announcement was. I don't know if it was intentional or what, but I took it as this might be the last one there. Okay, we'll see what happens and see how well this goes, see how well this is received, see how well this is attended, see how well this is funded. Yeah. And uh, still can't wait for that PGA money to to get in there. I mean, I never expected PGA money, but once again, they have their own host of problems right now. The PGA Tour does. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't think they're worrying about Golden Tee. Maybe we could get live Golden Tee. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they they got a million to spare. Yeah. 
I imagine if there was a big enough game for them to do it and then gain them some Western acceptance, then, you know, I, I'm sure they might do that. But uh, that being said, we have the Golden Tee PGA Tour right now. I'm I'm excited to go back to Vegas. A lot. Uh, this is big, big, big Midwest contingent of people that have the their dreams of a world championship being in Chicago. Uh, as I tell everybody, I mean, if you give me Chicago or give me Vegas, I mean, I'm sorry, I can't drive to Chicago, so it really doesn't attract me as much as it attracts all the Midwest people. Uh, but Las Vegas is a lot more attractive to me than than Chicago, and that's you know. Part of the reason why I know they're going back out there. The other reason is, I mean, they have their their own base out there and their own. They like to go there. Their own business out there. So uh, I'm I'm excited to get to go back, whether it's the last or not. Yeah, the Palms. I mean, that's a, by the way, they've hosted a Silver Strike National Championship there. Uh, or Silver Strike World Championship, whatever it was called at the time. They had a... Uh, and I think that was actually in the old real world suite that they had. They also did that there. Uh, I like I said, I'm excited. I, I like the Palms. Palms is a uh, is a good place to stay. So, one more uh, time, huh? Is that is that how you said it? One more time. Give me this solid, Gino. What's up? You said that it's our, I mean, our summer plans. Well, one thing, it's going to be cool. It's going to be like the Orleans, where everybody's in the same casino for the most part. Yeah, so I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, let's, uh, let's play a game or two together since the last time we did, I don't really remember it. I, I choose not to remember it. I mean, that's really <laughs> my, my memory's lack of a choice by choice. Down and play some pie gal or something. Oh, no, no, that'd be fine. I, I would be oh. all about that. I, I could pl- throw, play some pie gal, throw some dice. Sounds like a good time. We, we, we did, uh, we forgot two winners for the Dallas tournament, Gary. That'll be Chisholm Woodson and Steve Beatty. You want right. to share why those two are winners from the tournament? Gary, when did they win this tournament? So we got uh we got the uh the ultra hole in one. Oh got over I think it got to like a thousand and sixty dollars. So the seventy five percent payout, twenty five percent carryover. Um it was just under it was seven ninety eight fifty. Steve Beatty hit one early in the qualifier, maybe second course. So he's sitting on eight hundred. And then uh, Chisholm, Chisholm fires one there at the second to last round. So they split 800 and got 400 each. Nice little consolation prize there. Nice little. And that's why you get in the ultra shot pool. Huh? $5, people. That's what it is. Five doll hairs. I still had to sell it. Like it was, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, cause... But I got to give, I got to give BD credit. He's. He's one of the most generous guys in, in Golden Tea, and he threw me a little bit of a tip because uh, he sees what I go through trying to build that. Um, uh, and Chisholm threw in a little bit as well. So oh, Nice. It was so, nice. So it's going to be, what, like 280 or something heading over to Florida? Yeah, we got a nice 280 carryover. So if we can get, you know, whatever, I see if there's only one hit there, it's probably worth 400 bucks. Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. All right. Well, uh, anybody uh goes to a tournament and wants to spread the word about the hole in one ultra shot pool that Gary Sheldon runs, five dollar entry. Uh, not hard to do. Go find Gary Sheldon or Gina Sheldon, and uh, they'll get you going. So, 
that's about all I got for uh, tonight and for this year. Final thoughts, guys. No, I, I just can't wait to see what next year's like. Go ahead, Gary. I just wanted to say uh, kudos to Steve and the crew for the tournament. It was almost flawless. And I've been to 45, 46 of these, and it just keeps getting better and better. Um, the staff was great there. Nobody really waited for anything. They had bussers, which if you listen to any of these podcasts, pre-bussing is, is huge in my eyes. Um, it, was, size. it was a great – it was a great weekend. Tons of space. Uh, it's just long. It's just long. If you're going to take spouses to these, make sure they know what they're getting into. <laughs> yeah, as far as the venue goes, I, I totally agree with most of that, Gary. I, I actually – when I was helping load some stuff on uh, Monday morning with Russ and Kelly, I uh, talked to the owner and told him how I've been doing this for over 20 years. And, and there's a few small things that a lot of those guys pay attention to. And, and they, they, they were doing great, you know, behind the bar, they move quick. They had servers, uh, they had bussers. The one thing that they need a little bit of improvement on, and we knew this going into it is the food, you know, the, the that food truck's okay. You know, but I I think hopefully in the future they could do a little better with uh, with maybe another food truck. I, I don't. I'm sure they could do something, but that's the only complaint I would have is that a little better food next time. Uh, I, they the option of bringing your own food is kind of the what where they kind of rely on is like, hey, we'll 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 sell you the booze, we'll sell you the buffalo slot machine, and plenty of that, but. Uh, <laughs> As far as food's concerned, it's just that they don't have, I don't think they have a kitchen there. So they kind of rely on the, the right. food truck. And I mean, difference about the clash is the food truck is just for breakfast for us, but Bre really just a breakfast option. It's not the only food option. You're going to have to, you're going to have to order pizza or something next time. Go in with a couple guys and order a few pizzas. And I, and I can see I that, but it's, it's just really, it, it it's actually kind of nice being able to eat whatever you want in location, but you have to grub hub it or somebody has to go out and get it or whatever. So I can see both sides of it, but it was nice. You know, mouth was eating this huge bourbon and I saw it and I was like, man, so we hit this deli and brought that in. You know, it's just nice having different options, especially in a bar that we're going to be in the entire weekend. And sometimes yeah. you don't want grease, you know? But I agree. It was, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can look at. You can kind of look at what Hefe did. Maybe there's some sort of buffet strategy or, you know, something. Who knows? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So, uh, well, this has been a, a great 2023 year, gentlemen. Uh, I appreciate your lending your time and your energy to the podcast. Uh, next year is going to be a good year. I, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I will celebrate my 100th podcast episode next year, uh, which I'll, I'll be, uh, I don't know. We'll see what we'll do. We're, we're just a handful of episodes away from that. Uh, maybe, we'll get... do a, uh, maybe a top 100 list would be something fun to do. God, you want me to apply my time to that? Uh, here's my problem with the top 100 list. Okay. Well, several reasons. Why. I know what your problem is. It, it's not all on gameplay. It's all about how they been a part well, of the game right well privy to data i mean like uh the, all the data that i i want to do something like that if i if i were to make a top 100 list all time in golden tea i would want to make sure i have data and all kind of points to back it up 
and I say it all the time, like there's people in Golden Tee yesteryear of uh, names that you would never know, okay, but the names I know of because I used to see those names all the time. The, I mean, I just named Joseph Caradonna, uh, Nate Schomburg. Jason Matkovich. <laughs> yeah, Jason Matkovich. You know, <laughs> the Michigan are, guys. Yeah, all these guys that are really have yeah. their imprint on Golden Tee uh, and then trying to be able to present that message clearly enough to know why that they're up in that list. I mean, it's the reason why you put slinging Sammy ball in the top hundred NFL players of all time. I mean, no, none of us saw Sammy ball play, but you know why Sammy balls there. And so like I said, if for something for me to get involved with that, I need, I'd, I'd have to put a lot of effort into and just to make it right. But that being said, that could be a project in the future. Whenever I have a little bit more time, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh well as i as i say guys appreciate your time and everything that you lend to the podcast also thank you to matt who's not with us tonight uh it's been a great year of golden tea i'm gonna try to run one more podcast before the end of the year uh, i'm working with somebody and we'll see if we can get that done so uh all right guys appreciate the night and we'll talk to you soon yeah appreciate you gino